This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad you are here. And I am excited today because a good friend of mine is going to be joining us today from Colorado to talk about a very important topic, the topic of abortion. Now, abortion is nothing new. Uh, We read accounts from the first century Christians of abortion in the Roman Empire. And these uh, uh, Christians would talk about how, you know, they opposed abortion uh, in the Roman Empire, who was dealing with same issues we are in modern-day America and in countries throughout the world where abortion wasn't just seen as something necessary, but seen as something convenient, even in the first century. And so it's a it's an old uh, tool of Satan, and we continue to fight the battle today. But today I would like to welcome my friend Kevin Williams from Fort Collins, Colorado. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor to to be with you today. I would say, Kevin, that one thing that describes your ministry is this phrase, it is just not enough. (laughs) In other words, you don't think you've ever reached the finish line. You keep going as long as there's one more unborn child, you keep going, and that's something I appreciate about you. Now, Kevin uh, works in Fort Collins, Colorado, helping save unborn babies, but not only that, but walking with the mothers through these uh, difficult situations they find them in. He does things like baby registries, which you're very familiar with as a listener, and he inspires others. We'll get into this. We're going to do two episodes with Kevin and talk about all the ins and outs, not just in in Colorado, but throughout the United States and what's going on as people fight for the dignity of the unborn and the dignity of parents. So, Kevin, uh, one thing I want to know uh, right off the bat is how did you get started in this ministry? Well, that was a very long story. If I get to taking up too much time, just uh, cut me off or interject something. But uh, the love of my life uh, died of cancer in 2005, and at that point, I'd been uh, I worked in an oil field, very rough uh, profession for 25 years, and uh, I was a meth addict and alcoholic, and uh, the Lord used her death of uh, cancer to to lead me to himself. And uh, my first hint of this is probably a while before, it was quite a while before I uh, got to actively going to clinics and getting online and and stuff. But uh, she was, when I met Sharon, she was working three jobs. She was uh, very well-spoken and soft-spoken and gentle soul. But every time she's around children, she would just be 
tense and say things that are just totally uncharacteristic of her of her nature. And, and as, even as an alcoholic and met, met addict, abortion wasn't on my radar at all. I just I could tell something was wrong. So one day I asked her, I said, "Baby, what what is wrong? Why do you act like this around children? Every you never act like this except around children." And uh, I didn't know that she was supposed to board it, and she just broke down sobbing and weeping. And she told me about her abortion and, and how she'd always just been a mother. And uh, after after her death, I, I uh, continued. I was still a drug addict for a few months, and the following spring, I was just getting really, really sick of Kevin. I was uh, getting to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts and I quit my job on the rig in Wyoming. I just uh, went and lived in the mountains as a recluse all summer. And I, I decided I was either going to kill myself or I was going to come to the, know the Lord. And and uh, the Lord just met me there. And I spent the whole summer there, just spent all my time reading the scriptures and listening to Christian radio and prayer. And uh, I guess a, a couple of, couple of three or four weeks after uh, I gave my life, I had a an experience uh, initially there, uh, there's wildflowers are growing everywhere. And I was picking these wildflowers and, and I'd say that's going to come down to Colorado. And I wanted to fill her grave up with uh, wildflowers like the next day. And I, as I was picking them, I'd say, these are for you, baby. Wow. And as soon as I would get those words out of my mouth, I'd just collapse into weeping, sobbing heap as I remembered all the, the lies I'd told her about my drug use and whereabouts. And uh, I composed myself. I laid there just on my face sobbing. And, and uh, I com- composed myself and get up and start picking wildflowers again. I said, These are for you, baby. Thud. I mean, right, right back to the same weeping, sobbing mess again and again and again. And I finally had this this feeling come over me that I was supposed to write something. And that's just something I never was a writer, but I gathered up all my wildflowers, went to my camp and, and uh, sat down and I got a piece of paper. I started writing, started writing the first line. I looked up and I call it an angel that is shaped like a, a person, like glowing with arms, kind of like on a rosary, Our Lady, the, the same configuration and just, drifted away until it's out of sight and honestly i don't know what it was but i know that something supernatural happened that day and then two or three weeks later i was uh middle of the night like 2, 2 a.m the lord woke me up it's like i'm supposed to go out and turn the radio in my truck it's like what time is 2 a.m i was sleeping pretty good after doing <laughs> meth for 18 yeah, years right. and and i was i was Surprised you'll be wide awake in the middle of the night like that. I went out to my truck, turned it on. They were interviewing a gal named Gana Jessen. She was an abortion survivor, survived a saline abortion, and she has a cerebral palsy but, uh, as a result of it. But uh, uh, I was about to find out what a saline ab- abortion is. Uh, and I, I, I won't get into her story. I'll take out her gobble up the whole half hour or whatever, but uh, I found out, I met a gal that had a saline abortion and uh, her, name, her name was Nancy Jo Mann and uh, she asked the abortionist, what's going to happen? And and he said, well, I'm going to, she was seven months pregnant, I'm going to withdraw the, the semantic fluid and 
and inject this uh, saline solution. And after two or three hours, you will uh, you'll eject uh, the fetus. And she said, well, that doesn't sound too bad. But then he didn't tell her that as soon as he injected that in it, that the baby would begin kicking and thrashing. And she speaks of how the the uh, the kicks became progressively weaker and weaker. She's just begging. She's well, sobbing and and uh, begging her baby to forgive her for what she had done. That she'd give anything if she could turn back what she had done. And she she said the kicks became progressively weaker. She said, "I'll always remember that last feeble kick was right here." And so he haunted her for the rest of her life. So I uh, I think I got the message that God. Wanted, wanted me to do something about this. And uh, about three years later, I had uh, had elders. I was very outspoken about abortion, and uh, I would get online and argue with people that were pro-abortion and such. But there's elders in my church that said that uh, they believe that abortion is morally wrong and a, and a sin, except in the case of rape and incest, and then it should be allowed. And I didn't really read a single pro-life book yet other than the scriptures, but um, I was driving down this mountain road contemplating what they said and and uh, trying to think it through, the morality of, of it in the case of rape and incest, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, why haven't you just asked me? And I remember it startled me, like, wow, I haven't just simply asked God. So, Lord, what, what about rape and incest, and what about children who are ra- conceived in rape and incest? I'll never... Uh, I never experienced anything like it's like incapacitating love. I was driving on this lonely mountain road, and I just I, I was incapacitated. I had to just park it right there in the ditch, and I just sat there just sobbing and and weeping. Is is love? It's like a Niagara Falls of of love. And I remember thinking, I was I mean I was a mess, sobbing, streams of tears, <laughs> streams of, of snot, and and sobbing and. Uh, I remember thinking, what if someone comes along and sees me, asks me if I need help, and sees me in this condition? I better get driving. So I, I put my old truck in grandma gear, and I was creeping down off the mountain in about two or three miles an hour as I recovered. And then uh, several weeks later, uh, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night with this message, this message of my love for these children is going out to masses of unchurched people. And the it was so powerful that he was going to do this. I remember thinking, "Oh, if he's going to do it, why is he? Why is he telling me this? And what if I'm? Am I not supposed to play a role in this or what?" I mean, it was a powerfully uh, message to me that he was going to do this. And then, oh, about three years after that, two or three years after that, I, was, I started going to abortion clinics in this. Uh, Fellow came and he said, Kevin, why are you so passionate about this? And I told him about this mountain experience and, and how the Lord woke me up a couple of weeks later and with this message is going out to masses of unchurched people. And then I told him, I think God wants to do a documentary about it, but I don't know anything about filmmaking. And he said, well, my son's in film school and he wants to make Christian documentaries. And oh, wow. I said, dude, I've got all this money from working in an oil field and uh, about to live a life of poverty and, and celibacy. I always had money in my banking account, and I, just, I was always giving it away, sending it to all kinds of ministries. And so, well, I'll fund it. 
And uh, a couple of months after that, maybe a few weeks, uh, him and his son, they loaded up their their vehicle with uh, cameras and and lights and camping gear. And I, I gave them initially $4,100 bills for the expenses. They went out for 40 days and they got 40 interviews. Wow. And uh, the day they rolled back into town, I got the call from the oil rig I was working on in North Dakota. And I got laid off. It was like the same weekend. I don't know if this is the very same day. It might have been. It was that weekend. And then we had a mountain of editing to do and stuff. So uh, ever since then, the Lord has just made it very clear he wanted to take, take care of me. So I've just been living by faith ever since. That documentary, It's uh, I don't know anything about filmmaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the Lord said to do it, so he did it. And it's had almost uh, 7 million views that kept going in. Uh, viral on secular documentary channels. So what is the name but, uh, of that documentary? It is called Conceived in Rape. Okay. Uh, my, my website is conceivedinrape.com. Okay. And and that there's a whole bunch of, uh, I don't know, 15 extended interviews from it. And it's the one with uh, a family sitting on a couch with, uh, with a, a little boy who has a, sin, a real severe sin, like trisomy. 18 or something syndrome and in front of all of them and it's uh it's the one that's 58 minutes okay now let's get into let's fast forward a little bit to now uh, i know my ministry with the homeless you know i mean i'm passionate about it but i have my minutes you know of uh i quit you know i i can't keep doing this i can't keep uh, fighting the powers that be. I can't keep dealing with people's brokenness day after day. And I, you know, have, of course, friends and partners who, who keep me going or, you know, they remind me to take a break, pray, come back. But after all this time, because the passion at, at first is really intense, but over time things change life happens what motivates you now uh you know god just keeps throwing a bone (laughs) (laughs) those be another another baby say another baby joy another answered prayer another miracle uh just this morning there's a a girl who chose life last year and uh she had a very severe heart condition her resting heart rate was uh like 120 beats a minute and then episodes of 240 50 beats a minute i didn't know a heart could even beat that fast wow. but they the way they fixed it is they do a ablation they cauterize something in the heart but uh the cardiologist missed because your heart's irregularly shaped and it almost killed her, her heart rate dropped to 20 mm. and then uh they said well the 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 uh, cardiologist will remap your heart and try this again in three months, but she got pregnant and you know, their natural solution if we can't have this condition and carry a baby to term, you got to have a, an abortion and she wouldn't do it. And it's twins. And mm-hmm. one of the twins died, but then the baby riot, he was, they kept on telling her that he had conditions or, or were uh, incompatible with life. His he had water on the brain and it's going to be, severely deformed, all kinds of stuff. And uh, he was was born just like a happy baby, you know. But but they said, we're going to have to have uh, brain shunts put in to drain this water. And just last week, uh, she she went in and they they said, 
we don't we don't have an explanation for this, but uh, he's a he's measure his pediatrician. He's measuring ahead in in like four different categories for his age, and we don't have a explanation for this. His just brain is just formed different than most children, and she was expecting to get a day for a surgery, and they sent her home and told her she didn't have to come back. But, wow. So he'll be but the then, one been, to solve a lot of problems in the world. Sounds like you know. Oh yeah, brilliance. But it's it's answered answered prayers and like I said, the Lord just keeps throwing us bones. I've I've seen hundreds of girls choose life over the last thirteen years. I've been mm-hmm. I've been doing this, and uh, there's a it's tough a lot of times. I have people have had guns pulled on me and threats, and people nose nose to nose many times and. But this incredible calm, every time that happens, I'm a big wimp, you know, or <laughs> always have been. Yeah. But whenever someone has, has got their clenched fish in my in my face, nose to nose, this incredible calm just comes over me. And I just, uh, I just keep, you know, trying to defend the life of the child and keep loving on them. And uh, yeah. the Lord sees me, sees me through. Well, praise the Lord for that. Now... One of the things, Kevin, that has intrigued me about you, and you know, you've been an inspiration to me many, many times. And you know, uh, for our listeners, Kevin texts me often to give me updates and ask me to pray for certain situations and just to check in. But one of the things, Kevin, that uh, intrigues me about you is that you don't do the typical hold a sign in front of Planned Parenthood type of a thing, but you go way beyond way beyond and and you're on this journey with these you know not just the babies but the mothers as well so tell us a little bit what exactly do you do and what does daily life look like for you well if a girl chooses life uh i I reach out to a lot of girls on online and one thing i've discovered doing this is that i can i cannot organize a baby shower anywhere in the united states typically with one phone call if the if the girl lives in a population center i just uh, go to 40 days for life's website uh, to their vigil locator and it gives the contact information for their their uh, vigil coordinator of each city and i just call them up say uh, hey, there's a there's a girl in milwaukee in your city that uh, I, I met online an abortion for him and she was going to have an abortion, but now she wants to keep her baby and I'm looking for some boots on the ground and in Cincinnati that will uh, come alongside her and, and have a baby shower for him. And uh, more often than not, I can almost hear them spitting on their hands, rolling up their sleeves. <laughs> How can we help? What do you want us to do? Yeah. We love baby showers. And, yeah. And I, I just uh, tell them, you know, sometimes I just break down in tears right, right instantly because I know that I'm encountering the the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, well, what uh, I would I would like for you to have the most evangelical Jesus oozing people that you know come to the baby shower. People who are going to just just uh, overwhelm them with the love of Jesus, sweetheart. We would really like for you to come to our our home and, and have supper with us and and uh oh no you should come to our house we have better food and, <laughs> and we have a bible study and a yeah. women's group for for expecting women or just just a, because a lot of these gals have never been exposed to the body of christ to the mm-hmm. authentic love and in the way that 
that people get, you know, hands-on about helping them. I've, and we'll set up a baby shower or a baby registry, and typically I can get 40 to 60 people to participate in their baby registry just among my my friends I can text and on Facebook. I've had I've got thousands of pro-life Facebook friends that uh, that are very generous and love to help out one girl that one girl flew to here from two to Fort Collins from uh, San Antonio last year and, and she's going to have an abortion, but she chose life. And uh, I think a week later she said, Kevin, you've, you're and your friends. I've only known you for one week, but you're already working miracles. We just, it just connected her with people to have mm-hmm. a to baby shower for people from churches and, and stuff. It's very simple. I just usually just pass them, <laughs> pass them on to the, the people right there, the pro-life community. Mm-hmm. But she, that was, uh, her baby was born about six months ago, but, uh, she called me or messaged me, uh, probably six weeks ago. And she's broken down on the interstate on down by Houston. And, uh, one of my, one of my friends, I just, uh, typically I can make one phone call and get a girl's rent paid or whatever, but I, I reached out to one of my friends and uh, he paid for all the the uh, repairs on her car, got her back on the road again. And we've seen this hundreds of times. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, one of the things I want to point out to listeners is, you know, the motto of our podcast is creating a just society right where you are and right there in Fort Collins. You know, you're, you're uh, doing that. You're creating a just society for mothers and the unborn right where you are. But you're also networking through the internet with others. And like you said, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Houston places, you're helping yeah. others create the just society right where they are. Yeah. And Africa, things, Belgium, yeah. Europe. Wow. Australia. Yeah. What an uh, inspiration. So it's not just right where you're at, but you're networking and mobilizing people where they're at. Uh, and what a, a beautiful story. Now, I know one of the things, you know, the, as I've seen pictures of your work there in Fort Collins, it's very obvious while you're there, you've got the display set up there in front of the Planned Parenthood. Uh, you know, just how does somebody get started? Say they're in front of a Planned Parenthood, for example, and they uh, uh, are approached or they see a woman having an abortion. What do you, what's your first thing you do if someone is comes to an abortion clinic and sees a yeah. encounters a girl that's planning abortion yeah. uh, the the worst thing you want to do the last thing you want to do is is try a bunch of lay a bunch of pro-life apologetics on them okay uh I, all that goes i mean i've got a whole library of stuff about about presenting the pro-life position etc but the only thing they don't care how much you know they only care how much you care yeah. So what you what you want to do is is project to them that you care that you you're willing and able to to help them. You have the resource. You can connect them with the the pregnancy resources and, and that are available. Churches, pastors, uh, friends, yourself, you know, and and just uh, just to let them know that, that you love them. You're willing to help. That there's not to be afraid. But there's. Uh, a lot of, of people out there to help them. Yeah, great. Uh, now, you know, 
the journey unfolds from there. Uh, but can you tell us one or two stories of a baby save and how the family was transformed? And how the family was what? Transformed. Yeah. Uh, there's a girl in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, that I encountered, just messaged her. She chose life, uh, helped her through her, her pregnancy. Uh, she wound up going to uh, RCIA. She started going to a daily mass. She named her baby after me. The most <laughs> precious little uh, little boy. But, little Kevin uh, out there, huh? <laughs> yeah, there was baby. baby one day, I was one on, on Facebook one time. I, uh, I said something about baby Kevin. One of my friends said, you know, I can see it in the headlines now. Every other baby in, in Denver, Colorado is is named Kevin and, and uh, Immaculate. She she butts into the conversation. She said, in the world, I'm, I'm in South Africa. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, we, there was, we were, I was talking to this pastor on the sidewalk last summer, and, and a girl walks up, and she's got a, a baby in her arms, and uh, she was pretty emotional. She walks right up to us, and she tells me, she said, you know, the Holy Spirit has really been convicting me that I need to come and and talk to you. She said, I came here for an abortion three years ago, and you told me that if I could just fast forward three years, that I wouldn't even be able to picture my world without my beautiful little princess wow. in it. And that was, it was three and a half years ago. And, and she said, you were right. She's three years old and, and I can't picture my world without her. And she over and over, she kept saying, I want, I just want you to know that from that day, my, life changed. I'm a stay-at-home mother. Now I go to church and I read my, my Bible and I just dropped her off at her Christian preschool and uh, I, could, I could go on with stories like this for a long time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> girls online, girls at the clinic. And they can they find these stories on your blog? Yeah. yeah. Tell us if about someone, my, uh, the best If someone's on social media, if they're on Facebook, uh, you can find me real easy if you just Google Kevin Williams, Loveland, Colorado. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll set my Facebook settings to public right now. It's on private because I get uh, trolled by the other side. Right. But uh, they, they they find out where I'm at, what I'm doing, where I'm going, and and stuff like that. So I've got it on uh, private right now. But I'll, I'll set, I put my settings to public. And if any of your listeners will send me a friend request, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make room for them. And uh, yeah, well, I think what we'll do is there. we give the email address for the podcast at the end of the of the episode. So what we'll do is I'll have listeners if you want to be on Kevin's Facebook and follow his blog, email us at sjcommonsense at gmail dot com. Do that. Let us know you want to be part of Kevin's Facebook, and then I will alert Kevin. Let's do it that way for. So yeah, and I have, purposes. And and if they're not on Facebook, I have a a blog that's got lots and lots of stories. I haven't I haven't uh, been taking good care of it, but there's a I would typically put my best, you know, most interesting uh, Facebook stories and posts on that. The only thing I use Facebook for is ministry. I don't. You're not going to go out there and, and see recipes or pictures of flowers <laughs> or things like that. It's just <laughs> going to be going to be ministry stuff, prayer Good. requests or mm-hmm. praise re- reports. And if, a, if someone wants to help a girl that's in, you know, it's in dire straits, I just 
always put the people directly in touch with the girl themselves. I try to verify that they're they're legit, of course, and uh, you know through the boots and the ground wherever they're from, if they're not local, and uh, and just just go from there. I try to cultivate friendships where people will disciple them, and mm-hmm. you know just reach out to churches and and there's there's several organizations, the Sisters of Life can help me countless times uh, embrace grace and love life. There's a lot of different wow. groups that are attached to churches that just love, they love helping mm-hmm. girls that are in these situations. They're very generous and passionate. And, and uh, I, if a, a girl chooses life, if I don't make an honest, a good, honest effort to connect them with the faith community and the pro-life community, wherever they may be, that I feel that I've miserably failed. Hmm. Well, and sometimes the, you don't get it done, you know, but yeah. you got to give it, give it some effort. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the beginning of this episode, I said, it's not enough, you know, uh, for, as a motto for your ministry and for you, it's not enough to, uh, just save a life. You know, the things you go beyond one of the things that's caught my attention as we close out this episode, uh, is the baby registry, something everybody does, but you've tied it to this ministry. Tell us about the baby registry. Tell us about other things that people can do, practical things beyond just saving the life of the unborn. Well, if, if someone wants to uh, get involved with, with you know, you know, Jesus said, that uh, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against my church. The only way that I can see to to uh, interpret that is he's saying that that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the onslaughts of my church because gates are not an offensive uh, offensive device. Gates are a defensive position, and I think a litmus test of who the church is is are they are they doing something you know god might not call of course everyone to do pro-life ministry or go to abortion but god i believe that god is calling everybody to do something yes but if uh yeah just just uh if you're in a, a city where if it's a population center you can almost take it to the bank there's a uh, 40 days for life there and you can if there's not you know the churches may have a respect life committee and ask who the, if there's an abortion clinic there, that ask who's uh, involved with it. And they will know. And uh, you can get their contact information, find out what days they're doing abortions. You, or you could just uh, be 007 Ninja Pro-Lifer and call the abortion clinic and say you want to schedule an abortion. And, and uh, you can find out what days <laughs> they might have an abortionist. And just show up there. You know, just show up there. And what, what some of you have really... Uh, discovered that we have a lot more conversations is we we take roses and tie like fetal models and local uh, resources onto the roses and I just have a little sign that says free roses but because they when they drive once they drive past me they park about 300 feet away and uh, so if, if, if you're going to have that encounter you need to stop them and roses are a good way to get it helps break the uh the caricature of pro-lifers just being mean in your face. They want to yeah. jam their forefinger into your into your chest or whatever. And wow. and once once they stop, I hand them a rose and and the resources. And uh, I say uh, these are all the local resources. If you're ever in a 
crisis pregnancy. We love helping women. And I say, are, are you here for a pregnancy test? If you say, are you here for an abortion? And they are there for, I guarantee you, they're going to lie. Yeah. I, they, they might lie anyway, but the friendliest way of, of discovered to, uh, to have that encounter and break the ice with them is, are you here for a pregnancy test? And, and if they say yes, and I say, well, I want to try to add some humanity to their baby. I say, are you going, if you're pregnant, are you going to keep your baby? Yeah. yeah and uh, sometimes they'll just break down and cry, I don't know, or, mm-hmm. or they'll just shake their head. And it's, it's different every time. But uh, if they they say they don't know or if they are, then we can help you. There's there's a lot of, of help out there. We can help you financially. We can help you in a million different different ways. But just show up. Mm-hmm. That's the main the main thing is just be there. And there's no wasted time. If you're there praying, mm-hmm. it's, you know there's no wasted prayers. I, I noticed when I started going that I, I just spent like three years just my face buried in the Bible and reading biographies of, and I had all this stuff in my head. Mm-hmm. But once I started going to the abortion clinic, it moved about 12 inches down to my heart. I mean, yeah. it was in my heart anyway, but there was a huge migration. Yes, you know, course, when, yeah. And it, at first there was times like, Lord, I've been here for hours and it seems like no, no conversation. It seems like I could have spent this time in the, in the word or doing this or that. And the Lord gave me a, very strong assurance that what he was going to pour into me was was going to be vastly more efficacious than anything any time of just reading and studying or or whatever. Yeah. So let me ask you one last question as we close out. I had texted you a few weeks ago a woman I knew here who was planning on having an abortion sent out to your prayer group. Unfortunately, she went ahead and followed through with the abortion. And, of course, we deal with that, where women go ahead and do it. And she was an emotional mess after that, angry, distant, avoiding all kinds of things. Uh, in that situation, how, you know, the saving the life is no longer on the table. How do you uh, relate to the women after that? You mean if they oh, if go they ahead and have the, the abortion? abortion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, that's one of my favorite things. Uh, my, there's a lot of times the girls have messaged me online. They're having a board, they're having uh, their baby and they thank me for reaching out and, and stuff. And I tell my, Hey, my neighbors, I'd say, uh, a girl chose life today. And it's, we know we could hear you shouting hallelujahs at the top of your lungs. But, uh, something that actually gives me even more joy is when I find a girl that's devastated after her abortion, and, and she said, like a lot of these women, I probably reached out to a thousand women online that that, uh, and a lot of them are Christians, and and uh, I know that God will never forgive me for this for what I've done. I'll never forgive my myself, and I just uh, reach out to them and talk to them about God's mercy. One one thing I, I get a lot of mileage out is the quote by John Paul. He said, uh, "No human sin can erase the mercy of God." or prevent him from unleashing all of his triumphant power if we only call upon him. Mm. God's mercy is his might. And then I just ex- explained to them that, that once you're, you're confusing regret for guilt, there's a huge difference. They're almost opposite. The, 
it, once you receive Christ's forgiveness, your your guilt is gone. It's it's it's, it's removed as far as the east is from the west. Amen. That's an infinite distance. And to emphasize this, God says he can't. He will. He doesn't for, remember. He's he's forgotten it. But we will always regret what we've done because I'm post abortive too. You'll we will always regret what we've done, and it should drive us to love God more. It should make us want to shout from the rooftops his great love and, and mercy that he delights to to forgive and to heal and to make us whole again. And now every time you share your story to help another woman to heal after her abortion, then your baby didn't die in vain. Amen. Now every time you you fight for a child not to be aborted, that it honors the children that we we aborted. It gives great glory to God when we share that story and help other women. And I've, I've had a few girls that became mm-hmm. activists that were just devastated by their their abortions. They attribute it to to my story and and words. But uh, and there's and there's I, I share with them links for you know the uh, like Rachel's Vineyard and and uh, there's so many different uh, faith based uh, groups and. Uh, retreats and stuff where they go to to receive healing they're all all of them are effective amen well thank you for sharing this wow the end of the show always comes so quickly but thank you so much for joining us today uh thanks for having me it's an honor yes thank you it has been a deep honor for me because i consider you a very close friend uh, and and I'm so inspired by the work you do. And to our listeners, there's that ongoing motto, creating a just society right where you are. Well, you just got a firsthand look at someone who is doing just that. You see, Kevin Williams is not going to Washington, D.C. to fight abortion. He's helping and touching lives right where he is there in Colorado and mobilizing others to reach out and touch lives right where they are. So as you can see, you can make a difference. You can bring about a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.